You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I feel like who art ed. Try to spice it. Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it, it's <laughs> ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. And for this week's Fun Fact Friday, since today is the third Friday in December, it is National Ugly Sweater Day, I thought I would take a little bit of time to talk about some of the traditional designs that are associated with ugly Christmas sweaters. Now, I know the ugly Christmas sweater comes in many forms and is inspired by many different design traditions, including Scandinavian traditional designs and other Nordic designs, but for this week's episode, I'm going to focus specifically on Fair Isle designs. In 1921, Edward, the Prince of Wales, who would later be upgraded to King Edward VIII, was seen wearing a sweater with a distinctive pattern. The intricate design was typical of knitwear produced in the small island in the Scottish Shetlands. The Fair Isle is the most remote inhabited island in the UK. It only has about 50 permanent residents, but its distinctive style is popular around the world. Nobody's entirely certain of the origin of the Fair Isle knitting style. There's a great story of a Spanish ship that wrecked on the Fair Isle in 1588, and the 17 households on the island took the sailors in. That bit is recorded history, and some say that was the incident that sparked the development of the Fair Isle style. While that might make for a tidy origin story, there is no real evidence to support it as the Spanish were not knitting textiles in similar patterns at that time. The oldest examples of Fair Isle knitting that we have come from the middle of the 19th century. The more likely explanation is that the knitting style evolved and was influenced by Scandinavian and Baltic traders as both cultures were known to have similar patterning in their textiles. Some of the characteristics of the Fair Isle style include limited color palettes of like five or so colors and no more than two colors in a single row. They're worked in the round and they limit how long any individual color runs in the design. Typically, we see geometric patterns and often symmetry or mirroring of those geometric design elements. 
The early Fair Isle pieces were created using a stranding technique, and no individual color would be used for more than two or three stitches for fear of creating like a long strand that could easily catch on a finger or button. The more modern technique employed today is woven Fair Isle. In this method, basically, the thread is held in different positions relative to the needles, and it's woven into the fabric. This allows for sort of greater flexibility in creating a wider range of patterns and larger blocks of colors. Much like purists will tell you a sparkling wine is not champagne unless it comes from the Champagne region in France, some say knitwear is only a fair isle design if it is produced by the skilled weavers of the island. All similarly patterned clothing is simply stranded color work, color being spelled with a U, of course, as we're discussing British culture. Of course, as I hear Fair Isle designs, my thought is of feral, a term to describe wild and untamed creatures. And today, sweaters woven with blocks of colors and geometric patterns have been lumped into the modern tradition of wild, ugly Christmas sweaters. But it's important to recognize the difference between the ornate patterns meticulously rendered by the Fair Isle artists and the excessive ornamentation and loud cluttered designs created by shallow imitators. I feel on some level there's a lesson about appropriation here. There's a natural tendency for us to take inspiration from others we see and admire, and for that to influence our work and our tastes. That may come in the form of skilled knitters and weavers learning methods from Scandinavian and Baltic traders, then bringing elements of their style into a new form. Or a patron like Edward recognizing quality products and bolstering the local economy. Appropriation, or I guess rather I should say misappropriation, because I feel like taking things thoughtfully and deliberately is fine. To my mind, the problem is misappropriation, when some of the most outwardly visible elements are taken, mimicked, and thoughtlessly thrown together, or transformed into a costume to be worn and held up for ridicule. That is where the Christmas sweater becomes truly ugly. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.